0: let uh, open up uh, a word for Great and glorious heaven, Father. I thank you for this beautiful morning and uh, for uh, the fruit to be able to be gathered in your name here with other saints, Father, and uh, to be able to truly uh, open your word and to uh, look into it. Um, Father, I just pray for your blessing uh, and that uh, you give me. Wisdom, wisdom which is from above, to speak forth your words accurately. Father, that those who hear would be encouraged and built up all the more as we see the, see the day drawing near, and uh, uh, then you would be glorified in it all. We'll pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, it's a common prayer that I pray, but it truly is uh, from my heart that you know, God would bless. The messages because I want my messages to be accurate and true. Uh, I want to handle his word accurately, and I do want you all to be encouraged and built up um, and to his glory. Um, So, this month I've been talking about how to grow your faith. Uh, You could also put in there um, how to mature, you know, how to grow up, so to speak. The first couple weeks, we talked about the Word of God and how vital and how important it is, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Without God's Word, without you being in God's Word and feasting, uh, nourishing yourself on God's Word, there will be no growth to your faith. So let's uh, turn to Romans chapter 4, kind of the... Passage we've been using to kick off every week. Romans 4, verses 18 through 22. And he's talking about Abraham again here. He says, In hope against hope he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations, according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. And you know, we're descendants beyond all that. So descendants of faith. Um, so hope against hope. We should believe no matter what. Without becoming weak in faith. Now it's, uh, without the nourishment of the word, you will be be weak. It says, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully assured of that which God had promised, he was able He was able also to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. So didn't, he did not waver, but he grew strong. So that's what we've been kind of talking about, is really kind of driving home um, and it's not all-inclusive about how to grow your faith, but um, I'm using some of the basics. Uh, and uh, like Peter had said, he says, hey, I will always uh, be ready to remind you of these things. And it's kind of one of the things I talked about beating the dead horse. Ken and I were laughing about a little bit. But uh, really uh, kind of driving some of these points home to really encourage you to be practicing the basics. And one of those basic fundamental um, practices is practicing being in God's Word because your faith will not grow. And it's a really dangerous place to be if your faith isn't growing, if it isn't increasing. Because what? You've forgotten your purification from your former sins, as God said. So last week uh, we ended with kind of a little bit of a teaser of uh, Esther and let's go back to uh we'll just if i can find the verse there that's chapter four and you know um was, if you really put yourself in that setting you see uh you know that's that's pretty scary for the setting that she was in and what she was forced to do mm-hmm. um, just the setting itself, but then here she has where the people are going to be slaughtered, but she has the opportunity to say something. But it means, well, she chooses potentially her own physical death by making that choice to say something. What do you risk by saying something? You know, I think there's a passage that talks about the watchman, and if he does not shout out the warning, <laughs> then what's, what's his fate? Well, basically, Mordecai tells her the same thing. And he says, Mordecai, in verse 13, uh, told them to reply to Esther, do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise from the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have attained royalty for such time <clears throat> as this? Well we have received royalty, right? Mm-hmm. In the kingdom of God. Yep. And so let's go to Romans chapter ten. 14 through 15. We'll probably read down a little further. It says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Now, we're talking about belief. Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, he says here, How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they going to call on him? It says, How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How are they gonna hear? How are they gonna know? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent, just as is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Verse 16, though, says, However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Mm-hmm. But who's going to bring the word of Christ? So that's kind of my next point is shooting off of the word and how important it is? You know, it takes all the things working together today so we're going to be talking about actually you know kind of offshooting from the word and practicing the word to we are practicing the word by delivering the word both in our character and how we act and the choices we make to the very words we do speak how are they going to hear you know you've been placed somewhere you've been born in this age just like esther was placed in a position and yet if she remained quiet what was going to happen to her household he's like or you think you're you're going to be delivered just because you're in where you're at not so much it's like sometimes it's a scary thing Many of you have been praying for a friend of mine, and he's actually going to maybe be here this morning. Uh, so I thank you for your prayers. But he went through a terrible loss, and it's like, how do I show compassion yet also, you know, act and then also speak some of the things, you know, of God? Because you kind of get kind of scared. It's like, ah, oh, I don't know. What I'm supposed to say? You get in those situations, you have a friend, and it's like, well, I don't want to lose my friend, you know, or I don't want to, don't want to step on toes, you know. And sometimes there's situations where you, it's not time to speak. You're there to, to listen, you know. Yeah. But there will become a time to say something. And uh, why are we holding back? Cause you're the watchman, right? You see what's coming. You see the enemy. And if you stay silent not a good thing. First Peter two two I'm sorry. Second Corinthians five, Second Corinthians five, verses eighteen through (laughs) twenty. this back up to um, verse 15 it says and he died for all so they who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who died and rose again on their behalf so it's kind of why are we doing what we're doing mm-hmm. you know and, and the verses just before it's the love of christ what's the motivator is it christ's love his love for you and your reciprocal love for him when he gives us a job, he says, Go therefore and preach the gospel. Not just a preacher, you are a preacher. And he says, Therefore, from now on, verse 16, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh yet. Now we know him in this way no longer. So it's like, do you recognize those around you according to the flesh? It's like, if you recognize them according to the flesh, it's like, okay, it's my boss. Well, I can't say anything to my boss because he's the boss. Or whatever the relationship is. Or sometimes we look at people and it's like, ah, it's impossible for this person to ever have the heart to obey the gospel. You're making judgment calls, which, what are you doing? God says, there's nothing possible for me. Mm-hmm. And as we're going to see here in a few minutes, God's the one who causes the growth. There's one who plants, one who waters, but God's the one who causes the growth. He's just asking you, hey, do your part. But how do you recognize people? Do you see them as a an eternal soul? All those years that I was working, there were, I saw a lot of people that if you looked at them with the fleshly eyes, impossible. Impossible for this person to bow the knee before Jesus. Impossible for this person to turn and go the other direction if you look with fleshly eyes. But if you look with the eyes of Jesus, because what we were all enemies, we were sin. but it's his love that drove him for us. How do we look at others? How do we look at the situations? What's the motivator behind why we're choosing? Why are we choosing that, hey, we cannot remain silent? It, you, you, this is something that takes a lot of practice because it's pretty easy to go, oh, you're going to hell. That's the, you know, this black and white, you know, law sort of thing, beating somebody over the head with the Bible, it's like almost physically, some people do that. I mean, it's like, bonk, <laughs> get it through your head. Nah, uh, that's not how it works in the Bible. You're meeting those needs. You're, you are a friend. You are listening and stuff looking for those opportunities but then not holding back uh, Paul actually asked for prayer that he would have boldness of speech to speak as he should so it's like being bold yet having that love and that compassion and that sincerity and that genuineness but now jumping down to verse 18 now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry or the service of reconciliation. What you, what's the ministry of reconciliation? What is that? What is that service? If we were reconciled to Christ, what's our job? Same thing. To reconcile those around us mm-hmm. to Christ, to restore that relationship. You're a counselor. Namely, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. You, you sit there and count, going, man, this person's this this, person this, this person's this, this person's this, and it's like, oh man, this is possible. Or you go, no. There's a soul that Jesus died for, just like my soul. And if I remain silent, will they ever know? How are they going to know? How are they going to hear? He's committed to us. <clears throat> Placed in us, basically, the word of reconciliation. The Spirit of Christ calls in you. it's like, isn't there another passage that says don't quench the Spirit? Boy, the Spirit's <laughs> just there inside you, just Wanting to scream out, you know, in character and the way you're acting, the choices, if the Word of God dwells in you. But if you're like, ouch, why? Pouring on that fire, it should just be raging forth in you. The light just burning forth, shining, right? Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. God's appealing through us to those around us. Come. Here's good news. Hope. Love. Joy. Not what the world gives, but what only God can give. So now I'm going to kind of switch a little bit. We're going to. I'm going to show some specific things about what using God's word. And one of the first ones is it's really easy peasy and it really drives it home. And that is parents. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter six. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we kind of look at this, I want you to think, not just uh, like my kids all grown. I want you to think just as um, physical children, I want you to think of spiritual children and we're going to show that too in a couple passages So deuteronomy six six through nine These words which i am commanding you today shall be on your heart so um, my last week's, couple weeks' lessons, the Word of God, how important it is, and it should be on your heart. You know, there's another passage in the New Testament that says, uh, let Christ act as arbitrator of your hearts or ruler of your hearts. You know, who rules your heart? Who's. It? It's like, no, oh, my heart, I'll do things my way. You know? But then the passage it says, unless the Lord builds a house, they ever never baking How you building things? How are you walking? How are you carrying out God's word but is it on your heart well I'll actually back up oh hero oh Israel the lord in verse 4 our God the lord is one you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind if you don't love God how are you gonna you know be in his word how are you gonna carry out the things how are you going to love others if you don't love God, you know, or vice versa. If you don't love others, how are you really loving God? It says, These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. And you shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. And as you're going to see here in a minute, not just physical children. So, Do those around you, do they see you teaching diligently, if nothing else in the actions and the choices you're making? Are you shining forth Christ's character? When you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, is it all about Jesus and his word? And if you're not in his word. How are you going to know how to walk? How are you going to know how to run your race with endurance. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The word of God is vital. But the word of God spoken and lived out in you is just as vital. (laughs) It's just as vital because how are sons and daughters going to know God? You know, just like the first passage uh, we read, there kicked off um, the second one, uh, Romans ten, there. Where it says, How are they going to know? How are they going to hear? Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. Are people around here? Are they hearing? And I'm not just saying, okay, are? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you know, and you're sitting there just chanting that off as you're walking down the halls of your workplace or something.
1: Like <laughs> but it should be the chanting
0: in how you're treating your co workers, how you're treating your supervisors, how your reactions to situations are you patient, are you kind, is the character of Christ, which is because Jesus is the Word, right? <laughs> And is it lived out, is it spoken by you all the time? And the choices that you make, do people see Jesus in you? Because if they, they don't, what are they hearing? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. And if we are the ministers of reconciliation. What are people hearing in your life? <coughs> Romans 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, You will not depart from it. Well, I don't know. I didn't go in and look at the Hebrew or anything to see what the child, if that meant like some physical child. But I think as we're gonna see in the next couple passages we go to, that you can in your lives about you is children. So what about baby Christians? Or young Christians? Are you helping to train them up? How how do kids uh, learn A lot of times by imitating. You know, Logan just didn't learn all the different things of hunting from me. Goes out with Alden and he learns different things, different ways of going about. Alden's very aggressive when it comes to uh, elk, where I tend to be a little more passive when I'm hunting. It. But neither way is a wrong way. It's a different way. And what? Logan's become a better hunter because of it. What about young folks? What about young Christians that are around us going out doing things, cutting wood, or we're doing whatever there may be, having a cup of coffee, doing whatever may happen? How might they learn? You know, in the discussions we have and the trials that we've been through, you know, I know Ryan and I have taken some hikes, and I'm like, Buddy, I, You know what, I wish I had the body from back then, but all the trials and all the things going through as a young person, Whew, no way, I did not want it. I'd never want to go back, but I, you know, he and I chatted about things how we're similar, and about things about what I did, and stupid things that I did, and like, hey. Don't do that because, man, it is painful. It is really, really painful. But I encourage you, you know, try this. Try that. You know, let God's guiding principles guide you in your decisions, even though they're hard. So can we encourage and bring along and build up those who are growing, those who are children maybe in Christ, even though they're not our child? Physically. How about first Corinthians four seventeen? For this reason I have sent you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child. It doesn't stop there. No. My beloved and faithful child in the Lord. And he will remind you of my ways, which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. His faithful child, Paul with Timothy. You know, we see some of the things there where he's encouraged Timothy. You know, he's like, hey, don't be timid. You know, go get him. Always encouraging, always building him up, telling him who he is in Christ, telling him, Hey, don't forget the faithful word, which was taught you by your grandmother and your mother, driving those points home. Well, how about you? How about just being a brother sometimes? It doesn't have to be that they're a child or a babe and needing spiritual milk. How about a brother in Christ who, you know what, Man, he's getting pretty dogged, and he needs some protein, <laughs> and you went out and killed a nice big elk, you got a little bit of backstrap here bud, no, no, but the spiritual protein that they may need, that you can bring because you have it, <laughs> some nourishment some help to build them up to encourage them all the more as we see the day drawing near one of the passages we read last week was where, hey, so that we none of us may be deceived by the deceitfulness of sin we do need one another and we need that Encouraging nourishment of the word of God in our lives. We're going to see how how important it is us working together in the word. First Timothy one, two, kind of drive home that the spiritual side of spiritual children. First Timothy one, two. To Timothy my child in the faith, grace and mercy and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus, our Lord. My true child in the faith. You know, you can have children. You can have nephews and nieces. You know, I love spending time with those Halstead boys. As you guys all know. Thank you. Man, I'm sticking throwing mud on their hearts, hoping something will stick. So that someday when I'm pushing up Davy daisies, they'll go, Man, I remember Mr. D saying this. You, know what? you don't know. That's the thing is just plant. Just like Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. If you believe that you take that seed of the word of God and you plant it and you trust that it is going to grow, maybe not tomorrow. Like Carrie and I were up trying to get this piece of property doing things. Oh, last year there was this. we probably had a wedding thing. Back behind, I'd put this seed. We tried water. Man, that stuff didn't come out. What happens in the middle of winter or late winter? It's kind of <laughs> like this—just bushy, lime green grass just coming up. Like it's like that seed was planted clear almost a year before. <laughs> you don't know when the seed will come to fruition. Mm-hmm. God just asks you to plant and trust, and let Him cause the growth. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Distractions. I'm talking about children. Oh. So, hopefully, I'm kind of driving that point home. And, and maybe, I mean, you probably all have looked at that aspect before, but really, kind of viewing how important God's Word is, how important you are, and the decisions you make, and how you can go about. Using God's word in your life. And how really, if you apply the spiritual principle, God's asking you, you are ministers of reconciliation. How are people going to be reconciled to Christ? (laughs) Oh, I see this in your heart, you'll be saved. Where's that in the Bible? (laughs) It's not in the Bible. And what is, if somebody has went off of that, what's their faith in Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And there's only one faith, only one. It's according to the Word of God. If it's not according to the Word, it's faith in something, but it's not in God's Word. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No, no one comes to the Father but through me. Well, Christ is in you. How are people gonna get to the Father and it's only through christ and it's only by the word his word him and how are they going to know how are they going to hear without you so now we're going to kind of span out a little bit and uh, driving home some of my points of the word of god and working in us let's go to ephesians chapter 4 You might say well you know uh, I'm no good at this I'm no good at that. What about Moses? You know we go right back to Hebrews talking about uh, the men and women of faith and mm-hmm. he's one of those that are listed there and what? Faith is reckoned to them all as righteousness you know they believed God they, they were trusting in God but Moses you know as he was probably growing his faith <laughs> oh God I don't talk very know, me personally, I don't think he really wanted to go too much, but, and that's going to be rugged, I don't want to talk to those babies, so, man, God, I don't, I'm not a very good doctor, I can't do that, I know, I, maybe not that specific, but there are things that I'm a little uncomfortable with, I'm not quite sure how, This week, my buddy, I was praying, trying to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I do this? You know, I'm not really sure. It's uncomfortable, Hmm. but do you trust God and just go for it. Ephesians four, verses eleven through sixteen, and He gave some as apostles and some as prophets. So when he's saying that, it's like, hey, he's giving some here, you know, it's like, okay, here's a little pepper, here's a little salt, but it's not all inclusive, all right? He gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, and some as friends, some as whatever. You have been placed, just like Esther, at a time like this, For speaking forth God's word, Mm -hmm. for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service. Well, what is our service? What's one of the services right there that we have, that all of us have? The ministry, or the that word is service or ministry, of reconciliation. So, what's our work? What should we be about? Reconciling those around us to Christ Jesus for the equipping of the saints. So when I'm talking about some of these basics here, what am I doing? I'm encouraging you to be about God's word, right? And that how vital God's words is. How how are you going to be a reconciler if you're not in God's word? Well, faith comes by here. How can you be faithful if you're not in God's Word? How can you be faithful to his God's Word as being a minister unless you're in it, practicing, and carrying it forth? How do you know what your ministry and service is? Because you can't say, like Moses, well, I, I don't talk very good. Uh, that, that doesn't. Nope. You're on the hook. <laughs> he says that's who you are. You are ministers. Reconciliation. Not just, well, Ryan's a minister and Julie's a minister and Scott's a minister, but Ryan and I aren't. No, no, we don't fit that that mold. No, that is your mold. Because Christ reconciled the world. We reconcile. So he says, Hey, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body, do we build the body, are we building the kingdom, the building blocks of each and every one until we all attain to the unity of faith alright we've been talking about growing faith uniting all that faith together and to the true knowledge of the son of God to a mature man Mm -hmm. we want all each of us to grow up, to mature to be eating great big old three-inch T-bone steaks each and every morning, right, Ryan? Boy, and eggs on top of that—you talk about some protein. Mm-hmm. My wife, Amen. Boy, she's good. Girl. I'm surprised I'm not up here and whiter than this. <laughs> and she fills me up with protein, probably a whole bunch of other things that Aren't good. They help you grow. <laughs> they feel good. <billy>. But really, <laughs> are we doing that for each, or, each other and for all of those around us? Is that not our goal Is this building, this kingdom? Mm-hmm. To mature man, to the measure and of the stature. Look at Logan, boy, I tell you what, I've got pictures of him running around, toe-headed thing, you know. And there's a point, I got pictures of him when. That's long hair. Is goofy. Cut that hair. But you know what? He's grown up. Huh? But he's still growing. Each each of us too. There's not, you know, in second or Peter there where we talked about. Now for this very reason, also add to your faith. And these things should be increasing for they render you neither useless nor unfruitful. Unfruitful would you're having product and the true knowledge. So the the measure of the stature, the true knowledge, and of the fullness which belongs to Christ with regard to the uh, so that we will no longer be or as a result children tossed here and there you know we don't want to be tossed around in doctrine or anything else all the things the devil wants to throw out at us us who have we've started to grow we're we're maturing but boy he knows those weaknesses he knows Mm -hmm. what's going to throw you off and he knows what's going he's trying to plant disease in each and every one of you You know, like my fruit trees. I got one, man, that's like, goodness gracious, the amount of fruit, but boy, I don't know what's got into it this year. It's still producing some uh, apples and some fruit, but I'm afraid it's going to die. But it's it's a pretty good-sized apple tree. You know what? You may have grown up so far, but if you don't have that spiritual meat, Practicing the word of righteousness so that you can continue to discern between good and evil, not just right and wrong. We shouldn't be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. It's not just one person. Or one position. It's all of us. Together. We're to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head. Even Christ. Christ who, what? From whom the whole body. Each of us. Christ being the head. And it's from him. So the whole body being fitted and held together by what? Every joint supplies. So each of us doing our part holds together. And it says according to the proper working of each individual part. But it takes you working and doing your part. Boy, I tell you what, when you're out doing some heavy labor stuff and somebody's slacking and not doing theirs, boy, it's like you're having to pick up that stuff. And I think each one of us has experienced that. Well, how much more so in the spiritual battle and spiritual kingdom and building? You know, and We didn't get into talking about the word in renewing and the renovation and putting on the new self. That all comes using the word of God. Well, when you think about being renewed, it says be renewed in the spirit of your mind, be made new. Well, that renew is that renovation. Carrie and I have taken on some projects and everything else. You see projects that go on. It's like you tear down a bunch of old rotten stuff out of that old bathroom and everything else, and then you start building. And that renovation process takes some time and energy and effort. removing the whole body, being fitted and held together by whatever joint supplies, what are you supplying? According to the proper working, are you properly working doing each your part? But then if you go and you see what causes, it says causes the growth. It's not all us causing the growth. It's us doing our part. And then Christ, if you look at that, because I was having my wife look at that stuff as grammar sort of thing. But in reality, it all comes back to Christ. God's the one who causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. But we all need to be doing our part. two nineteen. I can see we might not get through it all today. And not holding fast to the head from whom the the entire body we saw that Christ was the head right in the other passage, being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with the growth which is from God. So, are you planting? Are you watering? What are you doing? In 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 9, it says, you know, Paul says, I planted Apollos watered, water, but God caused the growth. So, yeah, each of us has individual skills, individual things. Are you using that gift to build the kingdom, to build the body? So that it is growing, maturing. We're talking about growing faith. And it takes each of us to help one another to grow our faith. I think sometimes we kind of forget that. That we need one another. And we need to trust that we just do our part. God's the one who causes the growth, though. Because a lot of times I think we try to take on that responsibility that I'm the one growing it. I'm doing it. You now what? You know what? The farmer gets out there and he does a whole bunch of work but who's the one who truly causes the growth Mm -hmm. of the product? God is. We don't want to forget that part. We just need to, What? that's part of that belief thing. Just like Abraham believed God. God said, hey, here's my promise. If this, then this. He's saying, if you do your part, I'm doing my part. Do you trust and believe God that you plant that seed? It's going to grow. You believe it. There's tons and tons more passages that we could go, and I could just continue beating that dead horse, another dead horse. <laughs> but let's uh, let's close in Ecclesiastes, chapter four. 4 uh, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. the Brother, we need each other. And we need each other to do the proper work of each of us. To cause the growth of the body, to the building up of itself in love. God's the one who causes that growth, but we need to do our part. We need to fulfill our ministry that service of reconciliation. And what's the driving factor? Is it the love of Christ? Is it your love for him and seeing what he's done? And are you taking the word of God, applying it in your life? Growing up, all the children, both physical and spiritual, and the family, uncles and aunts, nephews and nieces, in the kingdom of God. Doesn't he say, doesn't he promise that he talks about those who have given up family, given up farms, given up, that you will gain mothers and fathers. A lot of people go, well, how do I get other mothers and fathers? We've got all the mothers and fathers we have spiritually. And brothers and sisters. <laughs> and uncles and aunts. It's amazing, the family of So I just want to encourage you and have you kind of maybe take another look at that aspect of us working, us working together. It's the word of God, the word of God in us and the word of us looking into the word and applying the word and how vital that is not only to us. But how are they going to know? How are they going to hear? It? Because faith comes by hearing. It. And if they don't hear it from you, those around you, what, what's happening to that soul? Mm-hmm. Because you did not fulfill your ministry of reconciliation. Anyway, I encourage you to go forth and continue your own growth and the growth of the body around you. Thank you. Mm-hmm.